When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sports Day. Good evening, David Wildey and Dan Menzel. Sports Day sale thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. As a welcome, Dan Menzel, how are you? I'm going well, Wilds. How about yourself? Had a good day and uh, plenty of news in sport. Just on the cricket too, people interested. The Shield game just down the road. South Australia, the Redbacks out for 307. Jake Lehman, the skipper, 115. Well done to Jake. Of course, son of Darren Lehman. In reply, Tassie, one for 72. Uh, Menenti also scoring 71. So probably evenly poised. Maybe Tassie just with their nose in front there. Yeah, it's a good spectacle as well. Both sides have gone at five and over. So it's uh, it won't be knocking them around and blocking them around and slow going. It's been uh, a good pitch and I'm looking forward to chatting to Ryan Harris about it's that. It's a batting paradise. For it the is tournament. And I, that's another thing. I, I think you really need to have a bit more spice for the fast bowlers as well. But the Karen Rolton over has always been a, a Batson's paradise. Hey, Travis Boak, the big news for Port Adelaide. Uh, been toing and froing with it to go another year. He'll be 36 on the 1st of August next year. Um, I've sort of I've sort of felt perhaps it's the wrong decision, but then Travis has got the right, given his outstanding service to Port Adelaide, you know, to go on and, and take his chances when he makes the best side next year. Yeah, he certainly does. I think it's a really interesting one. Is that different opinions on this, and particularly Port fans, they love him. So I think they'll be happy with this news and hearing this news. But you're right. I think when you say out loud that he's 36 or he'll be 36 years of age, it probably shocks a few people. It certainly did myself when I looked at this not long ago that he will be running around the AFL next year. And, and he had his worst year out of those years, I think, this year. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. And um, so he will be the oldest player in the AFL next year. The only other guys that will be 35 and, and going on to 36 is Pendlebury, Todd Goldstein, who looks like he might be going to the Bombers potentially, and Tom Hawkins. So, look, Hawkins is still moving pretty well. His, his body is very good. It's incredible for such a big man. And we know how well Pendlebury played in that grand final. But... um. Yeah, there's not going to be many older guys running around. Even the best, Buddy Franklin, went another year. Um, and he can, he can go as long as he likes, but he, he's pulled the pin. Yeah, I wonder what Travis was thinking about. Um, because he may play, there is some chance to play for the Magpies. He, he won't maybe command a position, particularly if Port Adelaide um, stumble a little bit. I, I'm one that don't think they'll go higher than they did this year. I thought they did so well to finish second and third at the, the minor round, but when I look at the teams that we just saw over the last couple of weeks, I, I think they're a long, long way behind them. When the on the big stage, yeah, sure, during the minor round, you, you eke out a few wins, but the way that Brisbane and Collingwood and Carlton and even Melbourne, Melbourne's form was good, except uh, you know they kicked so many points. 
I think they're a fair bit ahead of Port. Yeah, I agree. There were some flaws that showed up in the finals, unfortunately, and uh, GWS are one of those teams that showed that. They are really looking good for next year, the Giants. But um, there's definitely some holes to plug, and potentially you have to look at their list and, and look at maybe they had enough guys that they were willing to move on. But um, I guess you look at it and go, is he almost like your American mold, your locker room guy next year? So the expectation might not be that he plays every single week, and it's, it's just getting fresh and if we need him we need him but at the same time yeah i don't know if he'll be running around for the magpies as much it might simply be all right, you have a rest get, this week yeah let's get a few little blocks in here and um and you're going to really help us at the footy club and driving this group and this younger group as well which is still pretty young some of the players that are running around in that team so would have been a very interesting conversation with his management with him and the footy club one three hundred seven three six seven three six. what are your thoughts here port fans um do you think travis he obviously deserves it to go around but is it the right decision? And Charlie Dixon's another one. Charlie just doesn't get out in the park. You, you and I see this a little bit differently. Um, he, he probably plays half the games. He's hit and miss when he does play the games he plays. But you, you still think he needs needs to be the beacon up forward? Oh, I still think they need a, need to, seeing as they are effectively all in to try and win it in the next couple of years, which they are, they're not rebuilding. Um, I think they look at Charlie Dixon and it's been a tease for him. We haven't had him fully fit for a whole season and you're right, that might never happen. But I guess you look at it and go, if we can get the best out of Charlie Dixon, if we are to contend to win a premiership, then we need him firing in our forward line. And I think that's what, how they see it. Yeah, have you, you would have seen players that, um, you know, perhaps everybody thinks they can play. I think Tom Jonas, the the game, and Tom's been such a wonderful servant for Port Adelaide. Uh, the game just seemed to pass him. He, You know, he was, he was slipping over. He lost his confidence. And I think even having the burden, the captain made it worse. But um, Tom's younger, though, isn't he? Rory Sloan is three years younger than Travis Boak. And yeah. there was a bit of talk there. Yeah, there was. Rory will be 33 uh, years of age uh, at the start of this season. So um, you're right. He's a couple of years younger than Boak. Uh, Tom was only 31, 32 this year now. So there's some. it does happen at different ages, which we know. But um, I guess if you look at last year's team, I mentioned Tom Hawkins, uh, 35. It's incredible how his body is holding up. But um, Do you think his output's just diminished slightly this year? Oh, maybe slightly, but he had some Besides incredible... Team. Well, he had some incredible games in the mid part yeah. of the season. He, he came off that injury with his foot That's in right. pre-season and took him a little while to get going. And then he was in some incredible form now. I played with him when he had all those back issues and he couldn't get going. And once he got his body right, he just seems to just roll through every single season. And again, for someone that big to still be going around as well as he is, is is rather incredible. But I guess if you look at some of the other players from that premiership side last year, Isaac Smith, 34, he's now retired. Zach Tui's going to go on, 33. So, yeah, it does get to that pointy stage uh, to see when the body's starting to drop off. And the only question I'd have for Travis is if he can still spread because we know that's what his strength was when he was dominating. He's running one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Port fans, you think it's uh, good for Trav to go on? That's a good all thanks to Copperham Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. We're talking Copperham Estate, extra virgin olive oil, as I said Grown, harvested, and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. Let's go to Troy. Troy's a port man. Hello, Troy. How you going, boys? Hey, how do you get extra virgin? Well, you don't want to touch that one. Extra virgin? Well, that's what it is. It's extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, Thanks okay. for giving Cobram yeah. another plug here, Troy. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's fine. I expect a bottle in the mail, mate. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how you going, men? Yeah, I'm well, Troy. How about yourself? 
Yeah, good. Hey, um, is Mokey going to America, do you know? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that one, but yeah, um, yeah that'd be no, interesting. Um, what my phone calls about, um, I noticed on um, Saturday afternoon that Penders was a playing coach. I think you know what I'm talking about, like directing. And yeah, out in the field, I yep. I've seen him drag one, I've actually seen him grab one player by, well, not the scruff of the neck, but, you know, put him in his place or whatever. I wouldn't say they were arguing, but the bloke probably didn't know exactly what Penders wanted. Um, other, there's, you were just talking about older players then, um, but uh, other clubs have they got they've got players like that. But are the younger players a bit? Um, I'll use Malcolm's term, tookie la la to accept it. And is Malcolm on long service leave? Yes, he is. He'll be back next year, but he's on uh, he's on leave. Yeah. Okay. It's an interesting right. one, Troy. Um, you're right, because if you look at certain players at certain clubs and how it works, I mean, Luke Hodge is probably the best at it for Hawthorne, and that's why Brisbane were so keen on getting him, because he was such a good on-field leader, and the players listened to him. But there's, not everyone's the same when it comes to strong personalities and, and directional um, players as well. And the other thing I think that's good and important to state here about Scott Pendlebury is Pendles is still playing some incredible oh. footy. Now, as a player, when you are playing and you're playing at a high level, you feel much more confident and comfortable to be able to direct everyone else around because you've got your own backyard in order. Whereas when you're starting to struggle yourself to spread and to hit targets and do everything right, then you might just feel a little bit more inward that, okay, maybe I shouldn't actually be telling everyone else what to do because I can't quite execute it myself. So that's probably a challenge as well that some older guys certainly will go through. And, um, yeah, you do need them at each club, though, and it's whether they're just in the best 22 or not. Yeah, I think the thanks for that, Troy. I think there's, you know, players in the past... Um, Fletcher, the fullback for Essendon, he's playing great footy. Played 400 games. Sean Burgoyne, yeah, outstanding. Great played um, yep. Craig Bradley before that, and Boomer Harvey mm. probably could have gone another year. He's yeah. a games record holder, so still running around now in uh, country country. Well, he was, didn't he badly break his leg this year though? Yeah, I don't I, know where that's finished him off, but I mean, what a. What a record, Boomer Harvey. Was he 37 when he finished? Oh, he might have been even older. He might have been 38. <laughs> so, so what we're saying is, if you form form dictates, you go on. You go yeah, on correct. until you, if you command a position in that top 18, uh, front 18. And this, the Sloan one's interesting. And I, I think once again, for the same reasons as Boak, you give uh, Rory the benefit of what he's done for the previous 10 or 12 years. No, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I think that maybe three or four years ago. It's a copycat league, and I think three or four years ago, teams started to go down the pathway of we've got to move on the older players and bring in a new group and really replenish this group. But at the same time, you need that leadership around the footy club. You need it in the team. It's so important. So, again, I'm fine with if Travis goes around next year and plays six or seven games in the AFL and maybe a handful in the twos if that's what happens. But, um, yeah, it might be more the off-field stuff that will really be important for them. With what Port are going to get, and let's say they get all three uh, Sweet, Radigalia and Zerk Thatcher. They, is that enough? Do you think that propels them further ahead uh, of what they've got? I think it, it will help it, them. It puts them ahead of where they are now, but will it put them into the categories of the Brisbane and Collingwood? Well, no, I don't think from getting those three players in. But that then will come back to the coaching, the game plan, the strategy in preseason to be able to get the best out of Ollie Wines, to be able to get the best out of their back line, which has looked very vulnerable at times. So, What do you do, what do, you do with Ollie? Well, 
I would look at him and go, how did he win his Brownlow medal? It in the middle. In the middle on the inside. Yeah. All right, let's do that. I mean, who? Uh, let's have a look at the premiership team. Who have they got? Tom Mitchell. So get him to play yeah. like that and then put your day crosses and your outside run, your crisp and Dugowie's around him. So that's what I would do with Ollie. And they've got the guys on the outside that can certainly do that. But um, yeah. Well, they used Willem Drew ahead of him this year. They did. He took uh, Wine's spot. Yeah. But I think that it's not the midfield for mine. It's it's not their yeah. midfielders that's their issue. It's everywhere else on the ground, including the ruck spot. And you mentioned Jordan Sweet. That's an interesting one to see if they can get that done. He hasn't really got the opportunity at the Bulldogs because obviously Tim English, we know, has been in such good form. So that's an interesting watch to see if he can really develop and take his game to another level. Yeah, just getting a text through too. Boak hasn't got the foot skills of those players like Pendles. And, and that, to me, is where Port were missing. And I, I remember after the game when you... It was all said and done. The Giants had such sublime skills, and I think I rattled off about nine players in the port side. There weren't elite kicks, and in yeah. fact, Wines and Boak were two of those. Two yeah, of they're better players. One hundred percent. And so it does show up, but also the more fatigued and the harder it is to spread from contests, yeah. the harder it is to hit those kicks as well. So not only necessarily are they maybe not the best kicks, but also it does catch up with you as well. Gee, it's interesting stuff. Coming up on the show, thanks to Lumo Energy, switch to the affirmative, join Lumo today and Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6. You get up to 528-kilometre range now on the electric car. That is incredible. Ryan Harris will join assistant coach of the Redbacks, as we said, Tassie short time ago, one for 72, chasing 307. We've got uh, Tuesday, true or false, uh, trade radio updates. Some interesting grabs we'll play a little bit later too and also Lost in the Wash. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. David Woolley and Daniel Menzel. Uh, time now for True or False, thanks to Mate. Fair dinkum internet without the fuss. Score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr goal. That's what we're talking with, Mate. Uh, yeah, terrific company. Once again, we're talking internet. Okay, I'm going to start one for you, Dan. Um, true or False, the Giants next year will be top four. Ooh, that's a, oh, hang on, we'll get you on there. Is, that is a tough one to start, Wilds. I like it. I, I'm going to go with True. I think that they're finished this season, the most informed team in it at the end of the season. Carlton, you, I guess you could also say that they were too. But um, I think that their core is so good and they're retaining all of them that if they can get everyone fit and healthy and on the park, then they're going to be a very good team. Are you saying off air to young Cadman? Number one draft pick hasn't yep. really played. Hasn't really been given a shot. And to be honest, it's probably it's one thing they lacked a little bit. They were relying on Hogan and, and Toby Green, who kicked the majority of their goals this season. But um, Cabman, left footer, if he comes on, then that will really help that team. Uh, will, it's true or false, Tom today will go to Brisbane. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think it looks like he's out of Adelaide. Um, Brisbane would be a, a good spot for him. I think Tom loves the weather. Keep that tan going up there. Um <laughs> Choice of Melbourne weather or Brisbane weather. And and he's probably a chance to get a game there too. He's going to miss most of the year. But I'll, I will say that is true. Hey, true or false, in his career, what we've seen so far, Nick Dacos will win a Brownlow medal. That is true. That's the easiest <laughs> one we've had. Just got, to play, just got to play the 22 rounds? Exactly <laughs> that. I mean, 
you, traditionally, you don't see players back it up um, year on year and dominate like they have, other than maybe Lockie Neal, who's been sensational for the last Incredible. four or five years. But yeah, I think I think what it showed is his running ability and capacity. And remember, he only went into the midfield the second half of this season. He was playing at half back for the first half. So I think that is definitely true that Nick Dacos will win a Brownlow medal one day. Uh, Will, it's true or false? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs will make it back-to-back Super Bowls which would make it the most watched event ever because Taylor Swift will be there in attendance. Well, I think that's true. How can you how can you go against them? They they've been good for a long while. Taylor Swift that might be a <laughs> bit more of a rev up for the yes, boys. Yes, correct. I I heard Eddie Maguire talking about the tickets. People are complaining about tickets here for the AFL Grand Final, and he said they he said the cheap ones start at about eight eight thousand dollars and go up to you know whatever like you know. Over hundred thousand dollars for a prime seat. So and the Super Bowl, you fork out a lot of money if you can. And get and, and when you look at America, what, what they got four hundred million people. Yeah, they can only get eighty thousand, hundred thousand in the stadium, and we whinge about all members not being. <laughs> out. I mean, that's just you can only fit so many people in the stadium, can't you? Okay, I've got another one for you. True or false? The World Cup's about to start in cricket. Australia will make the final of the World Cup, the fifty-over World Cup. I'm going to go false with that one. It's in India. Yep. There's a number of teams that can win it. Uh, spinners too. Spinners, exactly that. And uh, I, th- I feel like I'm really looking forward to Ryan Harris joining us. I'm going to ask him all about this. But yeah, I feel like there just might be other teams that might pop up. And uh, traditionally, the team that's hosted the event has gone pretty well. And that's going to lead me into my next true or false, which Ooh. is Wilds true or false. India will win the ODI World Cup. Ooh. Often hard to win on your home soil, but uh, in India, so much pressure. So much pressure there. There's a lot of good teams going around. Um, India, one of them. Pakistan are uh, smoky too. And the way England play their cricket with some of their bats. Um, I'll say false, only only for the fact that I've got all the other teams working in my favour. What are they? They're favourite? They are uh, favourites. Three to one, I think it is, for India to win at home. You have mentioned that. I think the spinning deck will certainly uh, suit them. And They've got some good players that can't make that. Well, that's 11. the other thing. I think they've got a lot, lot of good young and up-and-coming cricketers in their team and guys like Shubman Gill at the top of the order oh. that are in some incredible form. I think at home they will be very hard He's to He's a good a young player as I've seen for a long yep. while. Harry Brooks good for England, but um, Gill looks like he's textbook, isn't he? Everything he plays comes off the middle of the bat. He is, and his form in the IPL over there has been incredible and he then has converted it into the T20 in one-day format for India. So... If he gets in, he'll be hard to uh, knock over, and he could be not a bad call here. Wards the player of the World Cup. Now, just quickly, I'll I'll give you one more too. Will Jackson Hately be picked up uh, again? Third club. Unfortunately, I'm going to say false. I think yeah. that clubs, when you've been at two clubs, they are very hesitant to go again unless it's a key position player like a ruckman. Now you got the leg up for Australia's fastest growing tipping service here. Yeah, so we got the tip here, which won today actually. So uh, let's see if they can go back to back tomorrow. It's Randwick Kensington Race Three Demiana. So. This is a horse that uh, was very well supported last time. It was a very messy race with a riderless horse in it, and uh, it did come home strong. So expect her to bounce back. Race three, number two, Demiana at Randwick Kensington tomorrow. Yeah, and the leg up's been pretty good. We've had a couple of good tips recently. You said, As you said, the one yesterday got up, and I think one last week got up as well. So keep your eye on that. That's at Kensington's uh, Dan's head, race three, number two, Demiana. Uh, get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fastest growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au.
You also catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. We are, um, we're off to the, the dogs on Friday night, dashing down and see if you're the dogs go around there too. It's a Adelaide Cup. It'd be great. I haven't been to Angle Park for a number of years now, but it's a great venue and uh, Adelaide Cup, so get down Friday night. Yeah, looking forward to that. We've been, I think, the last two or three years. Lottie used to f- really like it uh, going down there too. So uh, plenty more to come, as we said. Also, the Trade Radio. Keep you on Trade Radio, a Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio update. And there's plenty happening there. And also, on the other side of the break, Ryan Harris will join us. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter... Sports Day, you say... Number two, that's it. Sports Day SA for Tire Power. A great race sale now on getting your local independently owned Tire Power Day. Dan, just a bit of a hiccup. Uh, been a rain delay, so both Jason Gillespie and Ryan Harris are busy with the Redbacks, but we can update the score. As I mentioned earlier, South Australia were all out for 307. A brilliant 100 by Jake Lehman, 115 off 143 balls. In, in reply, Tassie, one for 93. So you'd have to say... They are in the box seat at the moment with Matthew Wade and a couple other players still to come. Yeah, no, they certainly are. Caleb Jewell, 45 not out, and Wakim on 36. But you're right, Silk to come. Matty Wade after that. Bo Webster holds the bat pretty nicely too. So Tassie would be the happier of the two teams at the moment. Interestingly, both teams have gone at five and over. So It's good, a good deck. Yeah, it's a great deck and, and good viewing conditions as well for everyone along uh, at Karen Rolt now over there. It'd be nice for the Redbacks to... Um, you know, get up and win something. They've been we've been the cellar dwellers for most of the last decade or so, and uh, but, but I think there is a bit of a reason. We're, we're, most of the the better players want to play in Sydney and Melbourne, and the great cricket over in Sydney got they got massive amount of teams there, and the, and that's why most of them you know, make up the Australian team. So I don't know what the answer is how you can get uh, because you lose most of your players too. They don't just stay and play shield cricket all year, do they? Yeah, I mean, for South Australia, we see it in their team. It's It takes a bit of recruiting, getting guys across from those states because you're right, there is just far more people that play cricket in the eastern states and therefore you've got more talent as well and we have to recruit pretty well to get them over. But um, they have mentioned about the competition here in South Australia and not having so many teams as to... I think it was George Bailey potentially put that report together as to how that might make things a little bit stronger. But... Um, you're definitely going to be up against it with these with these sides. New South Wales players are rather incredible, and that's why we try and poach them and get a few to come yeah, over. Yeah, it's a good environment, though. You've got Gillespie and uh, the Rhino, Ryan Harris. So it's a great environment to come over and play. And look, we've got Travis Head and also Carey you know, yep. playing at the top level, which is pretty good. <laughs> that, and that doesn't help. But uh, interestingly, the strikers have been, been more successful. They've been thereabouts uh, and been a very good side. And... Great to watch as well, but um, in terms of the the five ball game, has been much much more difficult. I think having Rashid Khan's helped too yeah, a bit there. Yeah, He's, that's uh, been nice. And uh, yeah, they've had a pretty good. So uh, interesting too. The man out today for Tassie is Jake Weatherall, who of course yep. played here the last decade. So anyhow, lost in the wash for Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Toolkit Depot. Everything you need under one roof. We're talking tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Try them out in shopping store and online. Sam Fantasia's here and a 
couple of texts have come through there, Sam. Yeah, we got a uh, text here from Louis. If uh came through during segment one when we were talking about Port Adelaide. Louis. Louis. If Port are, to, are in it to win it, then why were so many excuses given for the 2023 finals performances? Depleted backline is a cop-out. Been an issue for years. They have been... Um, they've been under under man down back, no doubt. Aliyah's bolster them. Tom Jonas always had to play a lot taller than he was. And McKenzie started off as a winger half, half back, and he's playing the key position. Oh, I mean, even Burton is a running, rebounding halfback flanker, and he plays on Toby Green. So they definitely are deficient in some areas there that they need to find uh, players to be able to come in and fill the void, but also develop these other guys so that they can be much more, uh, I guess, efficient with their defending in their back line. Yeah, Port, Port fans aren't happy um, when you go to in straight sets, but I still think the biggest mistake Port made was putting a call on Ken Hinckley in August. I don't, I don't know why you can't wait to the end of the year. If you're not going so well, make a decision then. And they might be saying, well, Ken's management might be saying, oh, hey, I need to be able to go and find another job. But he, he's been a very good coach, but... I, I just can't see Port winning a premiership in the next couple of years, and and Ken's going to be there. So do you, you bite the bullet, get a young lad like King or younger person like Kingsley come through. You look at look at what McRae's done. Yep. Look at what Kingsley's done. Uh, even Vossi getting a chance uh, a lot younger. I don't know. That's a that's well, a school of thought. It will be the talking point next year if they do not start well. And in finishing in the top six, they're going to have a hard run next year. So if they don't start well over those first four or five weeks, Wilds, I think they'll be the talking point and bearing, here in Adelaide. Bearing in mind they beat Brisbane first game uh, by 51 points, I think it was here, round ones. I will say Brisbane uh, straight sets in two out of the past four years. So there is hope for Port Adelaide, but I yep. do understand what you're saying in regards to their list. And, I, I um, just think... The list compared to Brisbane Again, a lot and of the Collingwood teams around them are getting better, whereas it sort of seems. Well, you'd have to think Carlton and Giants will get better. They've had a taste of it, and they weren't that far off. Melbourne played some really good footy, went out in straight sets, only due to one thing: kicking. Yeah, oh, eighteen and, points and seventeen points, something like that. Yeah, they, they they got the shots on the board. Everyone's saying it was about their forward line not being there, but it was really about their accuracy in the end in the finals, wasn't it? And to be honest, it wasn't just. Uh, Port's defence, their forward line let them down in the two, didn't they? In the... Yeah, they did. And they we talked about Charlie Dixon being injured, but the other guys didn't quite stand up as well as they probably should have. So there is um, some deficiencies, as we've mentioned, that they need to sort out um, to be able to contend again next year and into the future. Got another text here from Lance in Birkenhead. Why don't the AFL have mediators at the trade period to stop teams from asking too much? <laughs> they could help with trade deals that need some mediation. That, that would have been an interesting one almost uh, on the flip side last year with Gold Coast doing the salary dump, Jack Bowes and pick seven to the Cats. I don't, I don't mind that um, because they, they start with uh, almost ambit claims, don't they? Ridiculous amounts and uh, what they want and then they sort of compress it a bit. But uh, yeah, maybe they'll get to the... The crunch time a little bit quicker. But, hey, don't mind that. Thanks for that, Lance. Yeah, no, it's better to have more out there than not. And we're starting to see nowadays that um, there's a lot more movement than what there was five years ago. So I, I can understand some teams asking for a fair bit more because they think it's just going to naturally happen. But um, we seem to get down to the last hour or two of trade period and there is a lot of trades that still aren't done. Is it next year? When does the mid-year trade come in? Is it next I, I, year? I don't think... The is that part of the bargaining? I don't think that's been confirmed as of yet a mid-season trade period. I know there was a lot of talk around it, um, but 
I think like what you're speaking about yesterday, men's is the AFL ready for players to announce their intention midway through the season? What would the parameters be around a mid-season trade period? Because you'd you'd have to have some sort of rules around it, and you know the draft picks that can be traded and the risks associated with you know someone sitting fifteenth when the mid-season trade period happens, and then they jump up to fourth by the end of the year. And do you come back the next year? You only you only yeah, loaned out for the year. Or That's the thing. There'll be a bit of pushback from the AFLPA and the Players Association because. Yeah, it's all well and good for uh, one of the better players in the competition to go on who might be on $800,000 a year. But if you're talking your bottom end players that are on around about 100 or just over and they're relocating their family for another three months. And as you said, Will, is it for the next year or is it just three months? What's the go? So there'll be, there's still a little bit of water to go under the bridge there. And a mid-year trade, would that be, you think, be predominantly players on the list that aren't getting a game in June, because if you're getting a game, you'd want to keep them, wouldn't you? Well, you don't want to give someone unless, yeah, but unless you get better. Well, that's where the value comes in. You might It might be um, a Brody Grundy is the example Need this year. But yeah, it might be someone who is in your best team. But uh, for example, you're 14th on the table. You haven't had the year that you thought you would. Maybe we'll say a Richmond. They've lost their coach. And all of a sudden, someone like, I'll just throw a random name, Tim Taranto, Brisbane's like, if we get him, we, it puts us oh. over the top. And so then they go, but we want three or four. We want way more than what you'd normally give because this might win your flag. And that's where it gets very interesting. Does it work well in the NBA? Because, I mean, they they go anytime, don't they? they yeah, it's the Wild West. It's a yeah. huge, it, huge it, trade. It, it actually does work really well in the NBA because you do see t- players that go to squads and, and end up winning a championship and end up winning a ring. But what ultimately happens is these teams that offload these players, they get future picks and future first rounders and it does certainly come around where they build a really good draft stock and it, it makes a big difference. And the restrictions in the AFL around future trading are a lot stricter than in, in, in the NBA. I think NBA at seven or eight years you can trade in advance. Yep. In, in the AFL it's only the next year and you need to have used two first round picks within a four year window. Yeah, I think where it might work if you're, if you're a good player and you're languishing in the reserves and yeah. you're not getting a chance and there'll be there's probably another 14 clubs that say, want you. I want Dan Menzel. He, he could he kicked some goals for us. But we've got Tom Hawkins and a couple of blokes, you know, in front of him at the moment. It, it, it'd have to be win-win for both. But, yeah, the parameters around it, you're right, salary caps and where that fits in is a big one. Yeah, it's hard and it'll be hard for the AFL to put restrictions on it because then who deciphers whether it's a win-win for each team. So... It is a challenging one that they'll need to get right uh, for that to come in. So there's only thrown up, was it, in their um, the negotiations for their yeah, bargaining? I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure if it got that far. I just remember seeing news reports around it. I'd have to probably just look it up um, while you guys have for a little bit. But, I reckon um, Dan, Dan's a decade too late. What about the average player? 600000 in five yeah, years' it's, time. It's incredible. But that's big money. It, it is big it's money. money. It's uh, It's gone up effectively in, like you said, five, six years, double. It's in, double increase. So it is um, huge money. And, uh, yeah, what that does is it allows then these other things to come in, which the Players Association was against the mid-season trade period. Um, but now I think that we're starting to see that average salary go up. They are much more Where, where do you sit, Dan? Um, I've always wanted, if, if the game's making so much money, I'd love to see them putting far more into the... The country areas, um, even the sample doesn't get a lot from the the AFL, and that's where a lot of players come from. I think you need to, and there there is a lot of talk. A lot of kids are going to soccer and that as well. We know the women's exploded in the AFLW, but is it right to give it to 
all of it to the players, or do you think there's got to be where you can also build your game right from the grassroots? No, it's a, it's a very interesting one. I feel like this is not as well or commonly known as what m- most probably would is the players have been averaging between your 27 to 32%. Now, that is much less than majority of other sports around right. the world. So okay. there is actually a lot of money that goes into the grassroots from the AFL perspective, a, a ton of money, as well as all the other areas of the game. So that's what the players have been fighting for years now, is that if we look at all other sports, including NRL, but we look at all other sports around the globe and they're getting 40 or 50% of the revenue and the American sports is even more than that. Is that right? It's, it's incredible. So there is plenty of money that goes to grassroots. The AFL, I think, has a very good balance with but- what they give to teams, uh, the Sandful, Grassroots and the AFL. Well, they're going to have to factor in now the AFLW, who aren't generating any money on their own. No, but that has been factored in that they've been so successful of late with the TV deals and everything else that they have been able to give everyone a little bit more money. And I think part of the success of, well, the perceived success of the AFLW as you can see the growth in places like Queensland and New South Wales in the player numbers so that sort of will drip feed through the system eventually. And a lot of the I suppose a lot of the women's interest then uh, generates more interest in the men as well. It's yep. not just watching women and men. Men are watching women. Women, yep. women are watching men. Yeah, I think with that, it's it's twofold. It's the participation numbers uh, around Australia from women's teams and women's players, which is why maybe they're not bringing it in at AFLW level, but that's why the AFL is happy to pay for it because effectively they are getting so much more around rather than the other sports. And what that then does, and you hit on it here, Wilds, is therefore then the sponsorship numbers are so much greater. They are making so much more money because they have both sides of the game and it is building up both elements of and the game. And they've depleted basketball and tennis and netball, haven't they? Just uh, all going to AFLW. Just on the mid-season trade period like we were talking about before, as part of the deal, AFL CEO-elect Andrew Dillon is keen on implementing a mid-season trade period that could come into effect next season. So talks of it. But, um, yeah, no confirmation as of yet. Uh, also, Louis uh, just replied saying, you're absolutely spot on, Worlds, about Port Adelaide. Unfortunately, nothing will change until the chairman's moved on. Uh, with him no longer part of Sunrise, uh, time to move on. Get a football person in, please. Yeah, my, my point is, once again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ken Hinckley. He's been there a long while, and he's they've made prelims and just missed out on a couple more. But if you think the club... Is going to go down, and I'm one that thinks they won't be second or third next year. Maybe it's time to hear another voice. That, that's all I'm saying, Dan. Yeah, it, look, it potentially is time for change, and um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, and just before we, we get to the Trade Radio update, um, just wanted to touch on, talk about change. Um, the EPL, Tottenham oh. and Ange Postacoglu, what a job he is doing there. They beat my Liverpool team 2-1 on the weekend. Man City also lost to the Wolves, but how good is Ange going? He he He's a messiah. Move aside, Malcolm Blight. <laughs> Ange is a new messiah. But I heard a stat, and I'm not sure if it's true, but how many games have they played so far? Have they played yeah, there's seven, eight? seven games. Right. Yeah. They've scored two goals or more in every game, I believe, which hasn't Jeez. been done for a long while. It's great. He brings that offensive flair, Ange, which is what we've talked about yesterday with the AFL at the moment. It's, it, they're the games, as supporters, you want to go and support. You want to go and watch because it has that really attacking nature to it, which is great to see. And, uh, yeah, he's doing a terrific job at the moment. So that shows the value of a, of a new coach, a new voice, yep. similar players. Yep. Um, well, he, they've actually lost their striker, Harry yeah, Kane, exactly. as well. Yep. So he's done it, uh, and they're playing a very um, attacking style, which he does. I mean, he came from Celtic, didn't he? And they, they were so good there. But, uh, look, Ange's good. 
he'd go anywhere. Where we go next? Spanish league or the? What are you thinking? Well, it's funny. He talked about Liverpool, being a Liverpool fan growing up. They were his club. So he played oh, them on Liverpool. the weekend. So I would uh, not be unhappy if Jurgen Klopp did move on. Uh, when he does, I like Jurgen. But if Ange then decided to just go across town or go up, sorry, to uh, to Liverpool and take over the reins. So they, end, they ended up with not 10 men, but nine, nine men. men. Yeah, You lose two. It's undisciplined. Hard to win. It's hard to win if that happens. It's undisciplined. But Ange Postacoglu, boy, oh boy, hasn't he had a great rise and just just shows what a wonderful coach he's been, been for so long. Plenty more to come uh, in a short time. We'll be going straight to Trade Rodeo for a Continental Tyres. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN yeah, time now for Trade Radio Update, brought to you by CMC Invest. It's international investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. Well, Dan, plenty going on in the trade merry-go-round. A lot of it, uh, well, we haven't seen it come to roost yet, but Duday's name, uh, we're seeing Haightley has been delisted. We know about that. And Tom Morris has been out and about um, sort of spruiking a few names. Yeah, he's been busy, Tom Morris, with um, a few of the Crows' names that they've been rumoured with and Port Adelaide and a few others. So let's have a listen to Tom Morris now. Give us an update on Tom Doday. Um, speaking of Adelaide and players who might leave, you want to talk about Tom Doday? Tom Doday, we're waiting on a decision from him and it's been common knowledge that Collingwood and Brisbane are the main two clubs, but the Sydney Swans recently reignited their interest when they missed out on Ben Mackay. Mm. I can tell you that... Swans are no longer in for Tom Duday. Right. So it's, it is down to legitimately two. It's Collingwood or Brisbane or Adelaide, I guess. But yeah, we I was just going to gonna say, it's not going to be Adelaide, nah. is it? It's, gonna, it's down to that two, uh, those two, because they are prepared to give him, we think, the contract that, uh, that he can't quite acquire at Adelaide. And it's a pretty good op- option for him, isn't it, to choose between the two grand finalists, both offering long-term deals. And the Adelaide Crows will be hoping they get some good compensation back in return for him as well. So interesting there. He talked about Brisbane and Collingwood. I mean, you know when you get to this stage of the year and you haven't signed at your club, which has been done for a good four or five weeks, we thought it was going to head in this direction and it certainly does look like to him today he's going to make the decision out of Collingwood and Brisbane, which I think is probably good for all parties, to be honest. What's his best chance to get a regular game? Which which club do you think, Brisbane or Collingwood? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think um, probably Collingwood because I think Brisbane, Jack Payne was stiff to not um, get up for that grand final. Darcy Gardner's there. We know the Andrews, and they got some other guys that are playing some really good footy back there, whereas we saw Billy Frampton come in um, for the Magpies, and they do turn over their list pretty quickly. So I think he could step in quite nicely at Collingwood. And he, his knee, he probably won't start to mid-year, so they'd factor that all in, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would, and that uh, would be part of the reason why the contract negotiations, particularly with Adelaide, haven't been where he would have liked them to be, and it's just something that's all part of it. So a very interesting watch there for Crows fans on Tom today, as it is for Elliot Himmelberg and potentially maybe Choll, and we'll have a little listen here to Tom Morris on what he said about that. But if Adelaide can bring in Choll then this deal will get done pretty easily to the Giants. I'm pretty confident in that. If they can't bring in Chole, if Chole decides to um, uh, choose North Melbourne or Hawthorne as his uh, preferred destination, then I'd, I can't see how the Crows will trade him. They'll, they'll hold him to his contract. And... I don't mind Chole. I, I think he can play. I haven't seen the best of me. He's sort of um, 
one of those players that flashes in and flashes out, but he's got definitely got skill. He certainly does. He, you're right. That consistency is not quite there for him at the moment, but um, you alluded to it last night, Wilds, that if they don't get something back for Himmelberg, it's hard to see the Crows letting go of him just because we know what's happened to that back line with injuries. If they lose today, which it looks like happening, it's probably going to be too much when it comes to their depth. So that's an interesting watch there, as is the Port Adelaide. Um, there's plenty of players that have been rumoured with Port Adelaide. The main one is Asava Radigalia. They'll get it done. Um, Geelong can have its view on what he's worth and Port can have their view as well. But what, what matters here as well is the view of um, Radigalia's management, um, Scott Lucas and, and Winston Rouse, uh, and what they think uh, he's worth in a trade so they can broker it. And, and I think Radigalia, as a player, um, put, aside the, put aside his uh, contract offer at Port, is probably about pick 30. Key position player, you know, mid-20s, he's got some time ahead of him. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think that will get it done. And uh, as long as Geelong comes to the party on that one, I think both sides will be pretty happy with that. And we know that Port needs the depth in their back line and they need key position players. So they tried to get it done last year. They didn't get it done, but um, he'll walk straight into that team and and be a key pillar in defence. Yeah, we heard about uh, Jackson Hately too. Um, You feel for him. He was a first-round draft pick, played with the Giants, just didn't quite make it at Adelaide. Played some reasonable football, but he had players ahead of him. Uh, Here's Jackson Hately on his delisting. So, yeah, we just had our our exit interview at the end of the year. And um, I think when you're out of contract, you sort of have a a reasonable idea of, you know, the the things that that may happen. And um, so I had an idea for probably five or six weeks before but it is still it's still always tough to hear in the moment um but no nick we, we just were in nick's office and like a standard exit interview and um you know yeah he let me know that, that the club you know wouldn't be going with me in that direction so jackson Haley, they're talking about uh the delisting at the crows this year unfortunately Wilds, it's the worst part of footy is every team has to delist between five and ten players every single season which means that there's some hard luck stories and Jackson's certainly one of them. He's not going to get the opportunity. Look, he might be playing sample footy next year, to be completely honest. Um, but um, we'll see how that one plays out uh, for Jackson in the future. Yeah, don't often get three chances, do you, from from different clubs? Uh, as I said, I thought he did some played some decent games. What what was he lacking? Do you think was it a bit of pace for? He's a fairly big body midfielder, but a little bit of pace. Yeah, I think when you when you're an inside midfielder, you need to have something that stands out over other. Uh, midfielders and unfortunately I think that yeah he's not necessarily quick he's, he spreads really well but I think they've got other mids that can do that um, so that's probably what has held him back a little bit um, just the one other one Devin Robertson potentially um, going back to WA uh, Rowan O'Brien uh, spoke about this uh, that's still up in the air obviously um, uh, Brisbane are trying to retain him as well so Dev's got a decision to make there and uh, and his focus has been on on playing and getting through to the grand final. Uh, so he's probably got uh, a few things to work through this week. I think both WA teams have to have to try to lure him back to WA mm. because he's, he's finished the season really well in a team that's only just missed out on the grand final by a kick. Just to finish, uh, the big rumour going around, and I don't know how this started, Clayton Oliver like, just signed a seven-year deal last year. They're talking about um, shopping him around or him to... Melbourne have denied it. Clayton's denied it. I just can't see that. Um, and to go to greener pastures, well, Melbourne is still in the window. Melbourne are right in the window, I think, to um, to still win a premiership. And it could be the next couple of years. Yeah, and they absolutely are in the window. And 
Clayton Oliver, they don't come around that oh, often as good superstar. as him. You can't do that, but you also can't do it because if you are to do that, sign a seven-year deal and then shop him around, it's not a great look for the club, for the players at the footy club. can cause um, a they few issues. Grundy. I mean, and, and that certainly did at the time, but again, you need someone like Craig McRae who can steer the ship really well, and uh, I don't see Clayton Oliver going anywhere at the moment um, or for the next seven years, to be honest. Um, the other one, Chris Burgess, uh, today informed the Gold Coast Suns that he wants to move back to Adelaide to the Crows. So that will be an interesting one. He's a 191-centimetre key defender. So, again, we've talked about Dode, we've talked about Himmelberg. Definitely will be handy, but, um, yeah, he still he still hasn't um, cemented, a spot. Or cemented a spot yeah. in that Gold Coast team. So be very interesting to see what he's worth. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's son of... Um Tony Burgess, who played an 83 premiership for West Adelaide. But I think Tony also played a few games at Collingwood. So sometimes it's all about opportunity, though, isn't it? If you, you know, you say he hasn't nailed and he's he's got players ahead of him. But, um, yeah, he, he'd be more, I think, back up if he came to Adelaide. It yeah. might be behind three or four. Well, he's, he's played three games for the Suns across the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, and while he's been playing in the reserves, he's been playing some great footy, but particularly up forward. He kicked 60 goals this year. From 20 games, they uh, made the grand final. They won the grand final. So he was very good for them. But in saying that, if he comes to the Crows, he's not getting in that forward, forward line. Forward line, no. We know that. So it would be as that key defender post that he would need to try and nail that spot. Interesting stuff. We opened the show talking about Travis Boak. Uh, can you go a year too long? We gave a couple of examples there too. And uh, I think both Dan and I believe uh, perhaps he has, but... Travis has been such a wonderful servant. Um, you know, it is what it is. And if Port want to give him a go and he wants to play, well, so be it. Uh, Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont before November 12. And you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Dan, that's it for us again. Show is done and dusted. And we'll do it all again between 6 and 7. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. You too. See you tomorrow, guys. didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.